Hello, welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, October 22nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Chiefs today and their game on Sunday at the Tennessee Titans. Kansas City has a titanic task of slowing down Titans running back Derrick Henry, who's running roughshod over NFL defenses this season. But Tennessee has to figure out a way to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, which looked terrific last weekend at Washington. On today's show, star columnist Sam Mellinger and beat writer Sam McDowell and Herbie Teope discuss these topics and more. The show started as a Sportsbeat Live and is now presented as a Sportsbeat KC podcast. Let's get started. Good morning from a chilly Kansas City. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live, our weekly conversation about the Chiefs with the reporters and columnists who know them best and with you. Please send us your questions and comments and join in the conversation. You know, guys, uh, Herbie Teopi is here, Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell. Hope everybody's doing well. Vahe Gregorian on assignment. Really, he is on assignment, so um, yeah, not going to be with us this morning. But somehow, <laughs> we, will, we will muddle through this show. Um, you know, the last time the Chiefs and the Titans played, uh, it was good news for the Chiefs. Doesn't always work out that way when the Chiefs and the Titans play. In fact, much more often than not, it has gone against uh, the Chiefs in, in recent years. Herbie, I was reading your your um, uh, breakdown of the game, and you reminded me that it's funny. Andy Reid has seemingly has success against everybody uh, throughout his career with the Eagles and the Chiefs, except for one franchise. And it just happens to be the one the Chiefs are playing Sunday. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans. Regular season, Reed is one and seven. But you know, when you take the playoffs into consideration, he's two and eight. <laughs> There's something about the Titans that, that you know Reed hasn't figured out. And you're right, you know, 200 plus career wins, and it's the Titans that they give him the most trouble. So uh, we'll see how this shakes out in Nashville. Yeah. So listen, uh, those those uh, two playoff appearances pretty notable both of them one the Chiefs of course had a uh, big halftime lead and lost it all in what ended up being Alex Smith's final game with the Chiefs that wildcard playoff game after the 2017 season but the other one the 2019 AFC championship game won by the Chiefs after falling down I think 17 to 7 uh, Chiefs ended up winning that game by 11 that of course that was the game where Patrick Mahomes had the great uh, rushing touchdown just before the end of the first half but uh uh speaking of rushing uh Tennessee I don't know if you guys have heard this but they have a player a running back named uh Derrick Henry who can do some good things um he's done a lot of great things here this season he's he's been over 100 yards each of the last 5 games uh, three rushing touchdowns in each of the last two games. I think he's the first player since Ladanian Tomlinson uh, way back when to have three rushing touchdowns in two straight games. So the guy is a beast. The Chiefs know him well. Uh, I think any team that plays him has bruises, and the Chiefs still have bruises from the last time they've they've played uh, Derrick Henry. So uh, I guess it's a, this is a good way to get into, you know, this is kind of an obvious key, right, for the Chiefs on Sunday is to somehow limit Derrick Henry's production. Um, Sam McDowell, I know you wrote a little bit about, about this today after hearing what Steve Spagnuolo had to say. Um, it's, easy. it's one thing to say it. It's 
going to be difficult for the Chiefs to get it done. Yeah, what impresses me most about Derrick Henry, I mean, the, the obvious combination of speed and power is rare, but the durability that he's had, the, the longevity that this run has gone on for him. You know, two years ago, I think he had 305 carries, which is a lot. And then last year, he had 375 carries. Um, and the fact that his body has withstood the beating that he's taking, because it does take such massive hits to bring him down, and his body is still, still standing here, and he's still just as good, if not better, than what he's been. The, you know, I, I, I feel like two years ago when the Chiefs went to Tennessee and he had that massive run against them up the middle of the field, he was still sort of becoming Derrick Henry at that time because the previous few years he was, for whatever reason, kind of a part-time back. You know, he, he was the starter, but wasn't getting the the workhorse carries that he gets now. And we saw him play in, in Tennessee two years ago, and it was just, I mean, wow, this guy looks unstoppable at times. Of course, the, the Chiefs did kind of stop him in that AFC Championship game later that year with a strategy that they called kill the engine. Um, and, and that's what we heard again yesterday, which is you got to take out his legs um, be, because, you know, he, he's too big for you to be tackling him above the waist. And the combination of those two things is, is you know, is leads you to believe that the Chiefs could have trouble with it because they're not a good tackling football team right now. No, which helps explain their uh, rushing defense, giving up 133 yards a game uh, on, on average. Heck, I think the Chiefs would give Derrick Henry 133 and call it good, don't you, Melly? Yeah. Um, you know, he's on pace for like 2,200 yards and something like 28 touchdowns. <laughs> it's just it's just insane. Um, you, you talked – I think, Blair, you said it's the, the obvious key, and um, I guess this is the obvious key within the obvious key. But um, I think you just – he's going to be great, right? But you just have to stop him from being legendary. Like he's going to get yards, but I think uh, a really important thing is to keep him from getting, what was it, like a 76-yard touchdown on Monday night that he had. Uh, yeah. When they played in Nashville a couple of years ago, it was like a 68, 66, something like that yard touchdown. It's just, it's hard to do because it's just one cut and he gone, you know. And, um, you know, the safety took a bad angle um, on Monday night with the Bills. And um, I think it was a linebacker safety that missed a tackle that game in, in Nashville. So if you can just like keep him in front of you, cause you mentioned the AFC championship game, the kill the engine strategy. And I think his longest run in that game was 13 yards. And so look, he's going to get first downs and he's going to move the ball and he's probably stiff arm somebody at some point. Um, but if you just sort of keep him in front of the safeties and keep him from breaking a long one, I think that's a win. You got to take him down that, you know, you, you mentioned kill the engine. Of his 700-plus yards rushing, 587 of it come after initial contact. You put that number in perspective, that alone would lead the league in rushing right now. Nick Chubb has like 530, you know, and that's with contact. you you got to get this guy down. I mean, 587 yards after contact is just insane. And the Chiefs defense, obviously, as we know, has had their issues with tackling. And, you know, this this week, they're going to have to come up with a quick fix against Derrick Henry. You know, he's like the one guy that, um, you know, th there's all this this talk, especially recent years, is how valuable is a running back? You know, how different is it? Because all these guys are, are NFL players, and how different is it when you miss one? I, I think the Chiefs, the margin's pretty slim when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's out and they have to go to Daryl Williams. Derrick Henry is like the one guy who is such a game changer that I think even the even the, 
the, the never draft a running back in the first round guys are like, well, you know, if that guy was there, though, that, that might be different. I just think he's so far above everyone else who's playing that position right now. He's a throwback, you know, like with, with McDowell aside, because he's still in his 30s. But, you know, for us who are men of a certain age, 40 and above, you know, you, you remember those guys, those, those Eddie George, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson in this prime. These are the guys that you just feed, 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 regardless of what, if it's third and 10, you're still feeding these guys. And you, you watch Derrick Henry, you, you think of football in the 80s and the 90s, you know, those, those running backs that would just get the ball consistently and then just rip off chunks of yards. You gotta, if you love old school football, you, you got to love Derrick Henry. I go back farther than that, Herbie. I, I think he reminds me of Earl Campbell, um, just, the, just the, the strength with which he runs. And, um, and listen, even folks older than me uh, would say Jim Brown because you, couldn't, you just couldn't bring him down with one guy. Um, so this plays into uh, what, what the Chiefs injury report, which we usually get to, but uh, but but now with Anthony Hitchens, seemingly, do we think he's going to miss the game? Is his uh, with the triceps uh, problem? Uh, and what did the Chiefs do at linebacker? Because when we're talking about rushing defense, certainly it starts up front and trying to plug some holes. But uh, these, this is going to uh, this this game is a linebacker game on defense, and 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 we know that the Chiefs have had kind of all kinds of problems at, at that position. So let's start with what. Uh, you know, Anthony Hitchens, where he is physically, and then what the Chiefs might do with or without him against Derrick Henry and the Titans. Well, Hitchens I, and Sam McDowell and I were out there at practice these last two days, and he appeared yesterday with a with a, uh, with a a brace. You know, he had his, his arm up in the sling, and, you know, two straight days of not practicing an arm in a sling is, it does not bode well for his availability Sunday against uh, the Titans. You know, the Chiefs do have options there. You know, you got Ben Neiman, you've got Willie Gay Jr., you've got Nick Bolton, and those guys are probably are your starters in the base. Dorian O'Daniel, uh, your special teams guy. But you know, I think they're probably going to end up pulling up Darius Harris from the practice squad to bolster some depth there at the linebacker position. And he's not the only injury they're dealing with. You know, Tyreek Hill and and Joe Tooney did not practice these past two days, but. I think what the Chiefs are going to do is, is going to mirror what they did in week six when they didn't practice the first two days, but they returned on Friday. Uh, so you, you're probably going to see these guys out on the field. Uh, the last in, injured person is Michael Burton. He didn't practice either. He's got a, a left pec strain. And Kelsey's a little banged up, but he met the media yesterday, so he's not banged up enough that uh, that he, he would you know disqualify him from speaking to reporters which usually doesn't um, take much Blair so he must he must be feeling pretty good <laughs> <That's exactly. laughs> right. right all right but let's talk about the linebackers uh to me you need speed and strength here um and when I look at the linebacker crew that that to me is is Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. um but they are the least experienced of, of the linebackers. They're the ones that would be most susceptible, I would think, to play action, you know, pl- passing, which the, the Titans do well with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we can't we have to mention that, that 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 is absolutely a part of, of, of their game. And I think the Titans can take advantage of inexperienced linebackers. But I, I just I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't see them with an opportunity to slow down Derrick Henry unless you've got these. You know these these fast physical linebackers. 
um, in, in, in Bolton and Gay. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, just sure tacklers too. But, Blair, I think you mentioned the most important part, which is the play action. I mean, the Titans uh, do so much damage with, with Ryan Tannehill and play action. He sells it really well, and also everybody falls for it because they're trying to stop Derrick Henry. Um, but they've got two good receivers now. We'll, we'll see if, if, you know, the the health status of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. But, um, you know, they've got some guys you have to account for. So I, I think that the play action part with two young linebackers is, is going to be the most difficult adjustment that those two guys are facing this week, particularly Willie Gay, who's still working his way back from injury, didn't play a lot of snaps last year, only played 18 snaps last week in his second game back. He just hasn't had a lot of NFL action. You know, I, and I don't think he's probably seen play action that's as good as what he's going to see on Sunday. One thing, too, about those receivers, they're big, you know, and, and when they get downfield, I think that whether it's, you know, Rashad Fenton and, you know, the corners are going to have to fight for the ball. They're going to have to be physical when the ball's in the air and and um, knock it down as best they can because they, they might be alone a lot because of that, uh, that play action that you guys are just talking about. Yeah, and something else to, to that point that Steve Spagnola mentioned yesterday uh, during his availability was the, the, the size of those wide receivers makes them really good blockers as well. And a lot of times Derrick Henry gets into the secondary, so you're relying on your cornerbacks and safeties to get off blocks. And so that's a, a, I, I was surprised the, the depth he went to in that point because he sort of alluded to the strategy there, which is you you've got to – you know, make a move on the receivers before Derrick Henry gets to you. Because if you're on a block, you can't reach out an arm and bring this guy down. Um, so that's that's why so often when Derrick Henry gets into the secondary, it's it's usually 60, not not just 20. Brian LeBurge reminds us that, uh, you know, Julio Jones has been dealing with a hamstring injury, didn't play right in the second. He made that ridiculous catch against the Bills, the one that bounced off of Micah Hyde's helmet and uh, was just a great alert play. And that A.J. Brown's been dealing with an illness this week. Titans are a banged-up football team. They are um, dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Chiefs have a few, but the Chiefs looks like they're going to get a couple of players back, and that that has an impact on, on this defense, doesn't it, Herbie? Yeah, absolutely. And the two big ones, obviously, are Chris Jones and Shaveris Ward. Jones has missed two straight games, but he's practiced his last two two days. Uh, he's been limited, but they're probably just taking it easy on him as he gets his conditioning and his football uh, shape back in, you know, in the form there. Shaveris Ward has not played since week two. I, I think Rashad Fenton and then, you know, Sam McDowell mentioned him. I, I think he's been a capable fill-in for him, but Ward's your starter for a reason. So, you know, if you get these two guys back, the, the defense is on its way to finally getting healthy, and that's just something that they haven't been since week one. I wonder who's going to start there, to be honest, because Fenton played really well against Washington, like one of their best cornerback games of the season. And I think he played well enough to earn a start. And Traverius Ward's coming back, and obviously him and LeJerry Sneed are your two outside cornerbacks in base defense. Um, and, you know, Sneed's moved to the inside with with Hughes. And um, I think Hughes and, and I think Fenton and Ward are your two outside guys when there's three receivers out there. But in that base defense – I wonder if we're going to see Fenton play some more snaps and, you know, they could sort of use the excuse that they're trying to ease Ward back into things. Like Herbie said, he hasn't played since week two. Um, but I, I think Fenton has, has earned the right for, for some more playing time right now. All right. How about Chris Jones? Is this the, you know, the, the return of Chris Jones, is this, does he return to the position he's been playing this year or to his original inside position? And is this the, you know, if, if there is thought of Chris Jones 
going to tackle is is just the right opponent uh, for that to happen. Well, I, I think they're probably going to end up keeping them on the outside. Here's the key thing, and when I always think about this, they entered this offseason after they, they got Jaron Reed. Everything they've installed since OTAs and, and training camp has been with Chris, you know, with, with Chris Jones on the outside in mind. And when you know when you specifically ask Bagnola or even Andy Reid, you know, what, what are they gonna do about moving Chris Jones in the inside? You know, we always get the we'll see, or you know, we're not at that point yet. Uh, so I, to answer your question, if, if if he does play more snaps inside, we'll see. <laughs> but it does make sense to put him in there though. You know, if, if Jones, excuse me, if, if Henry's your, your you're in between kind of ta- uh, in between the tackles kind of runner, you know, you, you'd want one of your best defensive players in position to make the play. And in my opinion, that means Chris Jones inside as opposed to left defensive end, because they might run away from him. Yeah, uh, they, exactly. I mean, that, that, that's right. But I, I don't, I don't know. You take into, you take that into account the type of opponent they're playing. Um, I don't know how much you. Someone will have to remind me what kind of pressure the Bills got on Tannehill last week. Did they sack him? It's it doesn't you know it just it didn't throw a lot because of Derrick Henry. They they don't throw as much as other teams. So um, uh, I, I, I I just don't know where Chris Jones would be the most would be the most useful in a game like this. I mean it would to me it's it's different um, against other opponents than it is against Tennessee, which is by far the best running team in the NFL. They didn't they didn't sack him last week at all, Blair. Um, Tannehill was not sacked in that game. And the Bills have had a more productive defensive line than the Chiefs have because everybody in the NFL has had a more productive line than defensive line than the Chiefs have. I, I think, you know, because Chris Jones' strength is not stopping the run. It, it's rushing the passer. So I, I think the fact that Mike Dana's played significantly better than probably anybody else on that defensive line, um, that you probably can – you know, put Jones more on the inside than maybe you're planning on going into the season. I agree. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, look, if we were doing this uh, show in Nashville today, um, they wouldn't be spending all this time talking about Derrick Henry and the Titans offense. They would be discussing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, what the Chiefs have been able to do, especially in the second half of last week's game. 
that was a, I don't know, kind of a sigh of relief moment, I think, for, for certainly for Chiefs fans, because I, I don't know what, you, what the conversation was among you guys in D.C. at halftime, but, uh, you know, I, I, I started thinking about draft position for the Chiefs for next season. And, hey, this way, at least, you know, they won't be drafted 30th or 32nd. Um, they're they're, they're going to get a good draft pick. And then, and then the second half happened. And as you couldn't have couldn't have drawn it up any better on both sides of the ball, really for uh, for Patrick Mahomes and company. So too small a sample size, one half of one game to think that uh, with no turnovers to to think that this is uh, this is the Chiefs team we're going to see going forward. Um, or do we um, you know do you have to continue to consider how they played before that and? Uh, and be a little bit skeptical skeptical going into Sunday's game. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I was waiting for this part of the show. We, we've been talking about injuries a lot and, and Derrick Henry a lot, and he's a, obviously a problem for the Chiefs, but the Titans secondary is beat to bits. And um, I just – this may be a game that, that Mahomes just goes buck wild on that. And, um, you know, they, they've got enough injuries there um, that – it's almost like they could have the right strategy and just not have the personnel to pull it off, you know, and, and that's a big problem, especially when the Chiefs know it, you know, and can just deploy Tyree, Kelsey, you know, we might see this might be a game where we see a lot from, you know, I thought Hardman made one of the best plays, you know, I'm not going to say it's the best play he's ever made as a Chief, but it was one of the be- better plays that he's ever made as a Chief, that that route down the right sideline and he used his body to create space and let Mahomes drop it in there. Um, you know, I just think they might get things going a little bit more um, than, than even than they have. And they, look, they've been scoring at an outrageous rate. It's just been the turnovers, right? So, um, you know, I think that this might be a game where we see him break out a little bit. Also on that Hardman play, the, the reach that he had on the ball, you know, he had to, he had to extend to, to get it. I thought that that was a nice part of the, the play as well. And Kelsey said as much yesterday, did he not? That uh, he's not worried about the offense and everything. Um, everything's going well except the turnovers. They're moving the ball. They're scoring. Aren't they still, you know, with in certain some certain analytics um, atop the NFL? And was it points? Is it points per points per yeah, drive? Points per drive. Um, and uh, although I think the Bucks overtook them in offensive DVOA and Football Outsiders this last week, but they, you know, a lot of metrics have them still as the best offense of the league. That includes all the turnovers. It's it's so weird to say this, but I, I don't see the turnovers as this trend that's going to carry through these 17 weeks, even though it's carried through this last month. You know, the evidence suggests, well, they're turning the ball over three or four times every game. So they're going to continue to turn the ball over. I just don't see the way they're turning the ball over as something that's, a, like I said, an alarming trend that, that, that they're going to have to be dealing with in a month from now. But I said the same thing last week, and then they turned the ball over three times in the first half. So, um, I, I, you know, Mahomes is not taking more chances than what he's taken in the past. That eighth interception, the, the most recent one, I, I think is, you know, the outlier in all this because um, that was just a really weird decision. But, but otherwise, his decision-making process has, has been pretty good. So I, I don't see this as something that we're going to be talking about every week, even though we've talked about it every week so far. I think what's weird about that is if this was 2018 – like, I think we would look at this as just the natural progression of a young quarterback and they're going to have some turnovers and whatever. But every year, including Patrick Mahomes, and this isn't going to surprise anybody, but the Alex Smith years before that, but every year that Andy Reid has been the coach here, um, the Chiefs have had a better than league average turnover rate. 
And, and I think maybe this is just a different way of saying what Sam just said, but um, I still trust that more than six games, actually five games. So they, I don't think they had any turnovers in the opener um, against Cleveland. I just, it's kind of the same group, you know, um, and look, <laughs> when flukes keep happening, maybe they're not flukes, but I still, um, like Sam said, the second interception of Washington and then uh, the one in Baltimore are just egregious, you know, stupid, can't do it. But the rest of them kind of weird, you know, and some of that's just like sort of the the natural when the bullets are flying sort of chaos of the NFL. I just um, I, I think I saw this that in the last like 20 years or something like that, the only team with a better uh, points per possession number than the Chiefs this year was that 07 Patriots team. Um, so <laughs> you'll take that. You know, yeah, uh, the team went undefeated during the regular yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I think they're fine too. They're they're at a better points per possession than they were in Mahomes' MVP year. I mean, they're at better points per possession than they were in the Super Bowl year. And again, this is when the with the turnovers factored in there. I I really think you know be, the, the Chiefs losing games has prompted a lot of people to talk about the way they're being defended because it is different. You know, it's the stuff that the Bucks were doing. Everybody knew that was going to come because the Bucks shut them down. And there's this sort of, you know, implication that it's working because the Chiefs are three and three. But the Chiefs are moving the ball just fine. The, the whole point of that defense is to force the Chiefs to make more plays and then hope that they make a mistake. And the Chiefs have just made some mistakes that is uncharacteristic of them. You know, if, if they just remain patient and, and take a 10, 10 play drive, they're fine. I mean, their offense can move the ball fine. There's, there has not been a defense yet that has just been able to stop them on their own. You know that the Chiefs have helped helped them out too much. And aren't they leading the the NFL in third down conversions? Yeah, that's correct as well. Yeah, so I mean they're putting themselves in a lot of third down positions, but they're, they're you know they're keeping drives alive until you know until the end of some of them, uh, and and they have this silly turnovers. Yeah, the third down thing is interesting, Blair, because it's something we all anticipated going into the season: is would they have more options on third down with five new offensive linemen, and they have. You know, third and short has become much more manageable for them than it was last year. I mean, the short yardage was kind of their Achilles heel last year. They couldn't run the ball up the middle. We've seen them almost every game, including on a fourth down in Washington, just run the ball straight behind the center, a rookie center, Creed Humphrey, and they've been really successful doing that stuff. That's one of the reasons they've been so good on third down this year. That fourth down run was by Daryl Williams, who I thought had a really nice game in his, his first NFL start. Um Herbie, so Daryl Williams continues to he'll he'll be the guy again, correct? And and um, I actually think we'll see a little bit more Jarek McKinnon. You don't make plays like the one real nice opportunity he had on the reception. It was a third and whatever it was, third and four, and he picks up the first down because he, you know, because he second efforts it efforts it uh, as well as he did. I I got to think he's earned a few more attempts as well. Yeah, surprising power from Jarek McKinnon on that play there. You know, put the put the shoulder down and driving in there for the first down on the left sideline. He will probably get more plays. I mean, his snap counts obviously have gone up because of Clyde Edwards-Alaire's injury. But, you know, Daryl Williams will continue to be the guy that they're going to rely on in the featured role. But, you know, McKinnon, when he signed, we all said, hey, he's a good change of pace type running back. And that's probably what they're going to be using him for. Hey, and also let's let's. Uh, bring up uh, looks like Mike Rammer is going to start again this week. Oh yeah, Mike Mike Rammers will be the guy. You know when you when you trot him out there for a press conference, it, yeah he he'll be the guy. And you know Lucas Nang is as Eric Bieniemy says, will have that chance to learn. You know it's an opportunity for him to to get 
you know, quality time and just sit back and just watch what's going on. I've never heard an offensive coordinator um, frame it as a positive that a guy was benched, but Eric Bieniemy did did his damnedest to make it seem like Lucas Niang has been promoted to the bench. Um, so do you, is so is this a, a thing to is Mike Remmers the new starter at right tackle until he loses the job? Yeah, I would agree with that statement. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, overall, though, offensive line playing pretty well this year, right? The the, the new offensive line, uh, especially in the middle. You mentioned Creed Humphreys a little while ago. Um, they, they've uh, uh, th- that is turning into. A, quite a good draft pick and um he had the one bad snap earlier this year i can't remember who it was against but um otherwise it just seems like he's he's a tough nosed guy and and doing well in the middle so um all right as many suggestions have suggested uh roy was the first zelonsky another no punt game coming up here uh others have suggested a high scoring game I absolutely think we're going to see a high-scoring game. What was the score of the game in, in Nashville a couple of years ago? The regular season game was like 35-32, and the game ended on a couple of fluky plays. The Chiefs uh, couldn't get a field goal off or had a block. I can't remember exactly what happened, but goofy things happened. Both. Is that right? Yeah, once they couldn't get the field goal off, another time it, it was blocked. The game-tying one was blocked. They missed a four-down play. Brian Tannehill went off on them in the fourth quarter. I think there were about like a dozen plays in the final three minutes, whatever it was, that you felt like if one of them went the Chiefs' way, they would have been okay in that game. That that that's been, in my opinion, the worst loss in the Mahomes era. The game that just made no sense for them to lose. They also had that bad snap, if I remember correctly, because they made James Winchester available in the in the locker room. They had a, I think it was that fourth down, wasn't it, where they had the play call was like it was a one read call. To Demetrius Harris, Blake Bell. It was Blake Bell. Was it Blake Bell? No, I, I asked Andy Reid about that game um, because what was interesting is that's the last game they lost in 2019, right? And Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes were both really good on that topic. Um, it's a story I, I wrote for Sunday's paper, but um, they felt like they played their best because everybody had to take ownership of that. They had to endure some criticism, and they were their backs were against the wall. And historically, Mahomes feels like this team has played its best when its collective back is against the wall. They feel like they're in a really similar spot now. They 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 both Travis Kelsey and Mahomes talked about just feeling familiar with this Tennessee game. And you know, of course, they only they only played that way for a half in Washington. And in 2019, they played that way for nine weeks. But but getting back to the Andy Reid play, the his response when I asked him about it was he said, you know, I made a really bad play call at the end of that game on fourth down. You know, that's one I'd like to have back, um, which, which was interesting because I think we all even debated about whether or not that was the, the right play call. I think Sam wrote a column that said that was the wrong play call. So now, a- Andy Reid's finally on board. He read Sam's stuff. Game on the line, 81 is not the number I'm thinking you're calling for. So that was always <laughs> my – because I actually wrote a I actually wrote a story the other way. Um, but I, that was actually my point is that nobody thought that Blake Bell was going to get the ball. The chiefs had done so well with the, with deceiving an opponent that I didn't mind the call as much as a lot of other people did. Um, but if the guy who called the play now is even saying it's the wrong call, then it, it's probably the wrong call. Probably read it on his laptop on the plane on the way home. I, I, I imagine I, he read the, yeah, the uh, Insta was up. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Listen, uh, Tennessee played Monday night, right? So the short week for the Titans, that's a factor. I think they have more injuries. 
to deal with, especially in the secondary, as, as Sam McDowell mentioned earlier. Uh, that's that's going to play a, a factor in this game. I, I was I was half kidding, but I'm serious. If, if the Chiefs can hold Derrick Henry to you know somewhere around the average of what the Chiefs give up rushing in a game, I think that bodes well for the Chiefs as well. And take their chances with Ryan Tannehill as the guy that's that, that's going to try to beat them. Uh, is everybody would everybody here pick the Chiefs if you had to do it for the game? Because I think I would. I, I think I'd pick them by 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 field goal or. Or four. Yeah, I think so. Same same spot, Blair. I think it's a close game, but I picked the Chiefs. I'll go the opposite direction. I'm taking the Titans. Well, they were imp- listen that 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 Bills victory opened my eyes. I didn't think they were going to go uh, get that one. They they were impressive. And and for Tennessee, this is a statement game for them. They they win uh, on on Sunday. They will have beaten the two teams in the AFC Championship game last year. They're already going to win the the division. They're the first obvious winner of a division this year. Uh, that division's crap. The AFC South. So, um, the, you know, they win this game. They're 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 thinking about what their seeds. You know, playing for number one seed. I think in the in the AFC. So, but if the Chiefs win, look, they're uh, they're, they're go over five hundred. And uh, and and with with the Giants coming to Arrowhead, the lowly Giants coming to Arrowhead the following Monday, and Chiefs are back on track. But maybe maybe. One one guy that's uh, I'm I'm hearing the voice of Randy Kovitz in my head all week, and uh, Randy's seen a lot of football and he's covered a lot of yeah. NFL seasons. And he, one thing he always talked about is um, the momentum of a schedule and how the winds of that schedule can sort of guide a season left or right, up and down. And um, and I always think about that because there's been times I think that's the dumbest thing, but it turns out to be true. You know. And, uh, and so I'm starting to listen to that a little bit more. And I just I just wonder if you have a win like that um, on Monday night and now you have a short week to prepare for another game. I, I just, I don't know. I think the human nature, human tendency, I think it's hard to get up and do that again um, sort of on, on short notice. That's, that's what I'm thinking about this week. I also like Chiefs on the road. Check out their road record over the last few years. It's better, it's better than their Arrowhead Stadium record, which is, which is something. So... All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Lyle Harris, great comments. Uh, Ron Lockler, thanks for checking in from Germany. What is it, about uh, four in the afternoon there? Um, thanks to Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Teope for lending their expertise. Big thanks to Candy Bolden and Marcus Dorsey, who produced uh, today's show, and Marcus is going to do the podcast later today. We will talk to you again on Sunday afternoon, sometime between 5 and 5.30, after the Chiefs play the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Until then, thank you very much. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Also, thanks to McClatchy's Candy Bolden and Marcus Dorsey for putting together today's show. A tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Sam Mellinger for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. So let's talk about the morning sports edition. If you're not seeing it, you're really missing out. On KansasCity.com, you go to the Stars E-Edition. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. 
Click on that and you can access anywhere from, I don't know, 15 to 50 pages of sports. Maybe you get a link in your email. I do. It's there by 6 a.m. every morning. But however you get it, it is access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic. Hey, thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we cannot produce programs like Sports Beat KC without you. We'll be back on Monday with another episode breaking down Sunday's Chiefs-Titans game.